1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. What's going on, everybody? Two cool dudes here back bringing you some cold beers and some hot bets. This is short-term high volatility investments here with Jeff Sheesby, a.k.a. the old man who bets, and my main man, Ant Latino, a.k.a. the odds fellow. Ant, talk to me. What's the good word? Got a haircut, feeling refreshed, feeling you know ready to go, ready to jump into the second half of the NBA season. There's there's a ton going on, but uh, great to be back. Great to great to be sharing a screen with you on this wonderful wonderful what day we got Thursday. Today's Thursday, baby. Today's Thursday. Hell yeah, dude! As Dr. Fauci says, if you don't have a fresh cut, you can't win bets. So make sure you're keeping that hair super 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 tight. We got a pretty good little schedule today. Here we're talking a little bit about current events. We've got Duke ACC done. COVID. We've got the NFL salary cap going down as well. Of course, we've got some NBA second half of the season here. A little bit of everything, right? A potpourri of sports because we're just two guys that love sports and data. We don't discriminate. If there's sports, there's data, and there's lines. We're going to bet on it just like we did this weekend. Hit lacrosse last night. Duke minus six and a half plus 140. Some people would say that's a big spread when you got the number one team playing a top 25 team as well in high point. No worries, Ant. They won 27 to 8. That line so let's spoke kick it to off you. here. Yeah, that line did speak to me and scared some others away. People were saying it's too much. This is after high point lacrosse had only lost by two to UVA uh, and only lost by two to UNC, also some top 10 teams. So uh, fortune favors the bold, baby. And I'm riding, honestly, pretty damn hot right now. Just hit Georgetown plus 260 money line, an absolute barn burner versus Villanova. Two days in a row we went – uh, Georgetown money line. So I don't know if I'm going to press my luck. Quite a tomorrow. second half. Quite a second half from that team oh, to show up and yeah. get that job done. Oh yeah, baby. But anyway, enough rambling here. Uh, let's kick it on basketball here, man. ACC Duke done. Villanova out. Big East wide open. ACC wide open. What do you think, man? Yeah, I think it's wide open. I mean, you know, a lot of these teams come into these conference tournaments, which are obviously going on as we speak, and you know, some have pressure on them to finish out the year strong. Others have an added layer of pressure because they're actually trying to get in the tournament uh, completely. So, you know, sad for Duke, right? They were probably one of those teams that was a long shot anyway. You know, a lot of the first four out uh, and some of the bracketology that's out there. Um, Funny that the positive test for the COVID that you mentioned comes up on March 11th, which ironically is uh, one year from the same time that Rudy Gobert tested positive in the NBA game. And, you know, the Jazz and Thunder were postponed before tip-off and then the world changed. Uh, so Duke is out, right? They're out of the ACC tournament. That effectively finishes their season, um, you know, and we'll kind of see what happens next for that for that Duke program. Yeah, man. And, you know, I don't like Duke by any means. I would root for them. I had a Duke hat when I was in like seventh grade because I thought the devil was a cool, uh, you know, kind of a off kilter, you know, somebody to cheer for not knowing anything about the program. But I selfishly was hoping that they'd get a little bit closer to the tournament berth before having the rug swept away. And obviously nobody wants to see uh, you know, a season ending because of COVID, uh, especially for these players who are working hard, you know, just 18 to 22 year olds, uh, try right. to get think the- about if you're in your senior year, or you're looking to go pro, like that's it for you. Right. That's, that's done. And it's a tough page to turn, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I remember how I felt not being able to bet on those games last year. <laughs> I mean, you know, imagine actually being on that team with actually some true equity in, in the game. So you hate to see that, but you know, ACC, man, it's been pretty electric, right? You got UVA who just beat Syracuse today at a buzzer beater. Um, that's interesting. You've got Florida Georgia State, Tech. who Duke was playing tonight, you know, has been a, a team that's typically played well this time of year and has been a pretty formidable force as well. 
Yeah, they're hot, man. I think the most yeah. interesting teams here, Georgia Tech playing right now. So yeah. this could be a, a wash of a point. Won't go too deep there. But Virginia Tech, man, number three in the ACC. First year coach, what Mike Young coming over from, or is it his second year? I don't recall. I think second it's his second year. Second year. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, VT had all the momentum in the world under Buzz Williams. Buzz Williams, of course, gets the job over at Texas A&M. And then they bring in another gunslinging coach who loves to live and die by the three uh, with Mike Young. And here they are as a three seed. Do you think they can beat UNC tonight? I do. I mean, I've been watching some of the futures odds and you looked at some of their odds originally to win the ACC tournament. And then it just kind of kept dropping. I don't really know what the driver behind that was. Was it just the way they were playing, you know, some of the momentum coming into the tournament. Um, but, you know, they're right in that mix to, to be a favorite, and I do think they'll get it done. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a great game. We've got UNC somehow favored by three and a half as the sixth seed. You know, the the contrarian in me says that's a pretty damn strong line. Right. I am a Hokies fan, so selfishly uh, rooting for them. I think that's going to be a stay away from me. But um, one last question on here as, as I grill you on the ACC off, off the cuff here. Uh, Florida State now with no Duke and, of course, uh, with Virginia on the barn burner, Virginia number one. Do we think Virginia is is upset city here? Do you think they're a target for an upset? Definitely, right? They they come in a little bit more well-rested. Uh, Virginia has had their struggles this year adapting uh, in the last few years, really, since, since they won it all. They turned over that team a lot. Um, I don't think you've seen the same performance. You haven't frankly seen the same defense that we've been accustomed to so you know i think it's uh it's ripe for the taking if, if these guys want to go out and get it 20 times yeah 100 percent, man i had some serious flashbacks of this uva cues game uh it was either last year or two seasons ago i had the under it's one of the worst beats in my career we were probably 25 points under at least uh at the end of regulation of course goes into overtime uh the syracuse overtime buddy- is where where bets go to die but we still had like a 25-point cushion coming into <laughs> right. OT here, dude. Uh, Buddy Boheim then goes off for nine of his 14 points in overtime. They scored 20 points in five minutes in overtime after scoring 19 points in the second half. Uh, so need, needless to say, that was a terrible beat. So I was wow. happy to see them lose today, uh, especially <laughs> after I had bet against Syracuse two days ago. So that's like that one team in college that I always want to bet against. Because any, any other big, uh, big teams or big conference tournaments that, that you're, you're focused on, you think, you know, any uh, – fun spots either to bet on or, or just to sit back and kind of watch some of these tourneys unfold? Uh, I mean, the Big East tournament, I'm, I'm all ears on. Uh, my roommate went to Seton Hall. I've been to way too many Seton Hall Pirates games. Uh, yeah. That's not possible um, in the last last couple weeks or last couple years. So I'm rooting for Hall today at 3 p.m. Uh, would love to see them take down the Johnnies. And both those teams play great in the garden, but uh, I think it's like UConn's going to be the team to beat at this point. I've got that minus 12 and a half later today. So, yeah, Georgetown uh, playing well, though, too. So obviously we'll see what they do and if they can keep, keep – carrying that momentum the villanova yeah, injuries i don't know hurt. if i'll go three days in a row and right uh, right you uh, might, it might be time to get off the bandwagon <laughs> <laughs> but maybe anyway spread. <laughs> yeah 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 plus seven today free money yeah. but money line at plus 260 man that felt good love it uh i mean just All how grateful are we right how lucky are we in the sense that we've got college basketball and 65 degree weather from yeah. 11 a.m to 11 p.m uh, you know, March, not so bad after yeah, all. Yeah, we're about to hit daylight savings. We get some extra daylight up here, uh, which I'm ready for, all for. That that obviously helps. And I think, you know, it's one of the best times of the year sports-wise. You get the tournament colliding with NBA in full swing, NHL in full swing, baseball around the corner, Masters around the corner. I mean, we're going to have a lot to talk about.
over these next few weeks. Yeah, man. Now let's kick it over to the NHL real quick. I know we yeah. don't want to go too deep on here, but NHL signed a seven-year deal with ESPN. NHL the ratings have been more or less in decline for the last five years. I know they had a good Stanley Cup a couple years back uh, where they finally popped, but then saw another regression into COVID like, like most sports did. Um, how do we feel about that? Seven-year deal with ESPN, I think it only can help coverage. More games, more people. You know, it seemed like it was you couldn't even find some of the open-round Stanley Cup games. You had to go to like I don't know, true TV or not on television at all. I mean, yeah, I think just the exposure will help anytime. I think they can get a partnership with, you know, an ESPN compared to some of these other networks. You also bring with it, I think, and we've seen this in the NFL and obviously that's a different beast from a money standpoint, but you at least get the analysts, the around the clock, they can tie it to some other things and some other shows. So hopefully it does start popping a, a little bit. I know, you know, I'm not as big of a hockey avid consistent follower, but I do talk to a lot of guys that, that are and they love that league and it means a lot to them whether it's betting or just being a fan so uh i think it's a it's a positive move and nice to see them jump into the headlines and, and grab something for once hell yeah man you know i'm not really a hockey guy either but you know maybe if hockey games were on more often when i'm flipping through you know mac basketball and it ends and i've got a west coast game maybe the minnesota yeah. wild maybe i throw it on maybe not but uh time will tell you made a good point though just a second ago bringing up the nfl i know you're a huge Cowboys fan. So some notable news in the NFL this year. Stuff in the background, maybe there might be a Romo ball down there somewhere, you know? Yeah. Might be. Signed or was it the one Signed? that he fumbled on the snap? Yeah. Who's to say, right? Yeah. Burn. Yeah. But I'm going to have to go on mute. News. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, we had, Hopefully. yeah. And we were talking about Duke, right? So, you know, I think it's a good segue. Coach K, Duke missing uh, the tourney for the first time since 1995, which is also the last time that my Cowboys were sadly relevant. You know? Hell yeah, man. Double freaking whammy though. But you know, big, big week of news from the NFL. We've got the salary cap being reduced and you just gave the bag to Dak Prescott. How do we feel about kind of that juxtaposition? We're, we're ready. I think, you know, I, I was doing a lot of digging. I'm now a salary cap expert. I, you know, if you're watching at home, you can see me shaking my head because this is a complex beast. Um, but I, you know, what's interesting on the Dak deal, I think people forget everyone wants to jump to, oh man, he's making more than, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson, he's making more than the Tannehill deal. Right? Mm -hmm. I think those are the two most recent. But what was really interesting to me as you look into this, and I knew the Cowboys were up against this issue, was they had tagged him in 2020 um, and had paid him 31.4 on the franchise mm -hmm. tag, right? And the franchise tags is, again, you know, a little bit of complexities to it. But you can tag a guy for three years in a row. So what that meant was walking into 2021, if they chose to tag him again, that number was going to jump to 37.68, right? So, you know, right around 38 million, this deal comes in kind of valued at, at 39, uh, 40 million per year, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so you're right in that range. The biggest issue though, and why I think the Cowboys long-term will look back at this as a success is that number, if they had to tag him again in 2022, which was the only option, it's probably tag him or let him walk at that mm -hmm. point, would have rose to 44%. 44% off that 2021 figure, they would have been up around $54 million committed to and tied to Dak. You you can't do that, right? So like, what are you going to do? He's a franchise quarterback, right? That Those guys right. are hard to find. So, Yeah, that's a lot of money there, man. And, you know, I was looking at this deal. It seemed like it was absolutely perfect for him, right? 66 million guaranteed or 66 million signing bonus, 126 million guaranteed, no tag. No trade clause. And he's right. a free agent at what, like 30, 31 years yeah, old? Yeah, because I mean, those last two years are voidable. So they're essentially, you know, it jumps from a six-year, $240 million deal to really a four-year, $160 million deal is the way you should be looking at it. But Yeah, 100%. So puts him out. Right? Yeah. 
Yeah, if he's betting on himself, this is the perfect way to do that, right? Yeah. You're getting the bag now, and you're opening yourself up for you know probably a pretty good three to four year contract from thirty to thirty four years old. One where- wild thing that jumped out to me too in looking at it was you know because again people are making a big deal about the dead money and what happens if he does walk in twenty five and twenty six and you walk away from the deal and you don't resign him, is that dead money hit becomes I think it's roughly about twenty one million dollars and. Yeah, that's less than the dead money that the Eagles and the Rams are paying for the Goff and the Wentz deals right, right. now, you know, in 2021 because of what they chose to, to do and move off these guys. So obviously as a Cowboys fan, I hope Dak finds success and we're not walking away from the deal early or any of those issues. But, you know, I think in the grand scheme of things, you know, we'll look back and say this is probably undervalued. It's going to change in a year or two anyway. Yeah, for sure. For sure. A little undervalued attention. And I'm all for Dak, man. I love that he stuck to his guns. I love that he got the bag. Um, you know, as a just for individuals, back. yeah, uh, going against those corporate fat cows over there, you know, really sticking it to the man. So good for him. You know, they were loaded on offense. They were great before he went down. I don't like the Cowboys per se, but hey, I respect the man getting his money. So yeah. And what do you think um, happens with the rest of the cap? I know there's been some movement the last few days. I think it did actually drop. Yeah, I think it was. I mean, they they cited 2022 or 2020 COVID revenue drop decline yeah. as the reason for the cap boost which i don't know felt like a bit of a cop-out for me it's like these guys are you know these owners are making so much money taxpayers are paying for the stadiums anyway um but hey if the players union thought it was a good deal you know who am i to judge i'm right. sure it'll you be mentioned, back up in two and you mentioned the hockey deal you know it'll be interesting the next few years to see what the nfl does i think they do have some of their television and streaming deals that are up uh for renewal i don't know if it's after this season or after the following season but you know, hey, Dak paid, uh, or Jerry paid Dak, so maybe maybe Jerry knows something too, right? Something to think about. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think it'll be interesting, um, you know, just thinking about, obviously, getting back into a stadium, man. Yeah, you know, not yeah, nothing to do with numbers here. Just thinking about those cold beers that I'm overpaying for times 100. But, you know, it's the camaraderie, it's the energy, it's the people, man. And uh, I'm excited to get back to that. So it should be, uh, should be some good stuff. I'm there. Send, send tickets, send beers, I'm, I'm in. Yeah, for sure. We'll get it going. Uh, and then I think the only other, you know, last piece of relevant news this week, which we don't need to dive too deep in, but Barstool Sportsbook launches in Chicago. You know, the only reason why I was so jacked up about that, because like, I can't wait for any sportsbook to launch here in New York City. As much as I love going, uh, you know, off the record with my bookie, I would love to be able to shop lines and not have to take an Uber over the George Washington Bridge or take the path under the Hudson. Well, both of which, you know, we do do enough uh, when the lines are that much better uh, and a good excuse to see my Jersey friends, you know. There you but, go. Uh, nonetheless, uh, that's that. So, uh, all right. Anything else you want to touch on there, Ann? Talk to me. No, I think uh, you know with Barstool opening up, they're they're, they're an interesting company, and and Penn Gaming is interesting to watch um, just to see what they're doing. You know, I, I actually do like King, and I know you're you know big in terms of investing. I think you had some successes too early on in the pandemic when pandemic when sports were a, a little bit slower, diving into the market a bit more for mm-hmm. for some of these short term high volatility investments. You got to turn to other avenues. Um, but you know those stocks, those companies are interesting to watch, right? What's FanDuel doing? What's DraftKings doing? What is Penn National Gaming doing? So I think as you see more legalization, more volume, uh, you know, fun companies to to keep an eye on. They're always doing cool things. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting. Um, you know, essentially looking at like their TV partnerships. I know DraftKings just partnered with Dish, uh, Fubu TV bought Victory, a sports betting book. So there's going to be way more integration between these companies and in, in, in the cable deals and the you know whatever the the OTT CTV packages that we're looking at. So I don't know how that's going to materialize, but 
uh, excited to see how that kind of grows as, as betting becomes mainstream, as betting becomes just as legal as cigarettes. It's going to be a, a very exciting thing as we talk about assorted vices. But uh, let's talk NBA, man. NBA's back. Um, you know, I've got some thoughts. I put in a couple bets on second half uh, futures to make the playoffs, essentially. So a uh, good place to start there. And then we can uh, tackle into, I know you've got some thoughts on on some Saturday matinee games. Uh, hopefully the weather is wonderful. So it'll be a perfect time to ride. My main man, Ant Latino, the odds fell. Find him on Twitter's afternoon picks. Get a couple cold beers. But uh, anyway, let's kick it off. Futures first? Yeah, futures first. I love what you did here. I think, you know, what's important is you looked at data first, then you cross-referenced. You know, check some of the narratives, got your gut feel. But I think diving into what you did here uh, to target, you know, five spots in terms of future, yes, no, uh, make the playoffs or miss the playoffs um, is hopefully going to be enjoyable for people listening. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. So let's talk let's talk methodology here first. Um, Essentially, what I did to find these bets, we've got five of them here, uh, was go to 538.com. 538 Nate Silver's website, a data-driven website. Uh, they love to project everything, but they've got a really robust system of what they call Raptor player projections, uh, and they use those Raptor player projections uh, to come up with probabilities of making the playoffs. Uh, I quote: "These forecasts are based on a hundred thousand simulations of the rest of the season. The Raptor player-based Raptor forecast doesn't account for wins and losses. It's based entirely on their NBA player projections, which estimate each player's future performance based on the trajectory of similar NBA players, combined with up-to-date charts, tracking injuries, trades, other player transactions to generate talent estimates per team. So that." is metric number one. Metric number two is 538's ELO ratings. ELO ratings are you know, born in chess, used in, in tons of different sports, uh, but essentially an ELO rating is, um, is, is, is the pure ELO forecast, right? A measure of a team strength based on their head-to-head results, margin of victory, and quality of opponent. You beat a better team by more points, you get more ELO points. You beat a worse team by less points, your ELO rating goes down, right? So I took both of those uh, and thought, based on those discrepancies, wanted to match it against what a Vegas implied uh, percentage of, of playoff entry was. So I overweighted their Raptor ratings rather than their ELO ratings. I thought player-specific was a better uh, essentially, you know, computation than it was uh, for the ELL ratings, and essentially was then looking at uh, the delta between the Vegas line, which gave me five picks here. The first is going to be the Warriors. Well, we got the Warriors, the Hawks, the Blazers, the Wizards, the Pacers. Uh, let's not start with the Warriors because that's one that I actually faded the method here. But a good one to start here is with the Hawks, right? The Hawks are looking at a 71% chance of making the playoffs based off of 538 Raptor for uh, projections. Based on their ELO ratings, only a 38%. Uh, but there's a lot of noise there, right? That's head-to-head matchups. The Hawks just fired their coach. They've got a new squad. They won two games under that coach. So I feel good anecdotically about that. But nonetheless, when combining the ELO, you know, weighting it a little bit more with the Raptor, that puts me at a 57.80% chance of making the playoffs. The line here was plus 100. That means that Vegas is implying – uh, that there's a 50% chance that they make the playoffs. So right there, I'm giving a perceived 7.8% in value uh, for me to take the Hawks. So I took the Hawks, yes, there. Another thing that I love about that is that the Hawks have the second least amount of games left in the season against teams over 500. Uh, that's 14 games uh, against teams over 500, uh, where most teams are between the 17 and 22 range. So pleasant schedule, new coach that they seem to be vibing with, and a perceived 7% value on the Vegas line. 
I think absolutely yes on the Hawks there. Any thoughts on that? No, I mean, I think you hit the narrative piece uh, right, you know, the nail right in the head with the the coach firing and the change. They did come out and play really well after that. Um, and I think they won a game probably against Boston, I want to say, but I, I could be getting that wrong. Um, you know, they are a deep squad, right? They need some things to figure out about how Trey Young and some of those other guys play together. But I think with a few of these pieces in, in both your yes and your no category, the data lines up nicely with the narrative, which I do love bringing those pieces together. The Hawks are one of them, right? You're going to have these teams that are trying to stay in the playoff hunt, whether it's for a play-in spot um, or to get out of the play-in spot. And the Hawks are one of those in the Eastern Conference that can really make a move. And I think you're going to see that push here in the second half. Yeah, for sure. And it was the uh, it was the Heat. They beat the Heat by 14. And the yeah. following night on a back-to-back, they were down 19 against the Magic and they came back to win. So showing a little more grit than they really had. Anyway. Uh, let's keep it moving here. Other teams to target here. The Blazers, I took yes, minus 245. Uh, so some fat odds here, but I still thought that this was actually underpriced. Uh, I laid two units on it, 2.45, essentially to make it uh, to win one. Uh, but we look at this Blazers team. One, you know, anecdotally, they're about to get McCollum back. They're about to get Nurkic back. When they're a full squad, you know, com- combine that with what? Carmelo, Ennis Cantor, and Covington. This is a pretty compelling squad. Uh, nonetheless, I had it projected, or 538 had it projected at 75% based off their player Raptor ratings, 73% chance based off of ELO. Uh, I weighted that at a 74.2% chance of them making the playoffs. The line at minus 245 is implying only a 71.01% chance. So I'm playing with uh, 3.19% of perceived value there. Not as good as, of course, uh, the first one with 7% there. But nonetheless, I think them, them getting healthy, them playing well. Uh, and, of course, back in my main man, Dame Lillard. I got a knockoff jersey up in my closet. It's probably going to be a little tight because I got fat over the winter. But working on that summer body to support my man uh, when he gets into the playoffs, hopefully this year. Any thoughts on the Blazers? Did you place that bet at Dame time? <laughs> of course, man. Of course. Yeah. It was it was right in my head. I had to. I was tapping the wrist and everything. There you go. No, I mean, look, he's an MVP candidate, right? He probably doesn't get enough credit. He should be in the mix. The guy even took over part of that all-star game. He thought he was going <laughs> to uh, probably sneak into the, the Giannis MVP conversation uh, in that weekend showcase. So I, I think it'll be really interesting to see if, when and if they do get uh, CJ and, and Nurkic back. I think that'll be uh, a big boost for them. But the Blazers are fun to watch, and I think they're kind of cemented into that playoff race in, in the Western Conference. 100%, man. Glad we're aligned there. All right, so we've got one more yes, two more no's we're going to talk about. The last yes here, the Golden State Warriors. Now, this is one that I, I, I kind of faded faded my methodology here. The Raptor percentage has them making the playoffs 39% of the time. Uh, the ELO rating has them making it 40%, 43% of the time. That brings me to a weighted average of 40.6% chance of making the playoffs. The line here, minus 110, indicates a 52.38% chance, according to Vegas. Uh, so I'm looking at a negative 11 value here why did i take the yes at plus 110 the warriors have the least amount of games left against plus five uh, teams over 500 only 12 uh which is which is pretty crazy um so i think they're playing some some subpar uh subpar competition moving forward the average of all the teams i looked at for this over 500 is, is 17 games against teams over 500 so be five games below that I think is pretty key. And I think kind of X factors here, obviously Curry's going to keep balling out. He's averaging 29.6 points per game, fourth in the league, I believe. Uh, and I would like to see Wiseman get a little more time coming down the stretch here. Uh, you know, I think he can be a, a huge contributor to this squad. Uh, but nonetheless, even though the percentage breakdown didn't point me there, 
the elite competition, as well as what, as you mentioned about the play-in process here, but that's going to be a clusterfuck in its own right. So I'm yeah. all for, you know, kind of betting on the noise here and taking some teams with good playoff experience of, of grinding. And, and even if you're a nine or a 10 seed can still make the playoffs. Uh, so I think they're going to be right in that, you know, hopefully they're a six seed, but I think they're going to be in that seven to 10 range uh, and then ultimately fighting for their lives. So a lot of noise there. And, and that's something I'm looking to capitalize on. Yeah, and I'm trying to check on the fly here, so I might not be able to get it in time, but the the Rookie of the Year odds for Wiseman, uh, he's probably not the favorite, but he's definitely in the mix. They moved him uh, out of the starting lineup to coming off the bench, and I think he's done really well in that spot. You know, you got to trust to some degree Steve Kerr and the rest of the infrastructure there. Um, You know, they are not tanking, which is good, and they could have done with some of the injury issues that they had, and, you know, especially the clay piece, um, you know, kind of going away. And do they wait another year to get this thing sustained? But I think the Warriors are going to fight. So you ultimately will get that uh, even if they fall short. So, you know, I think to grab it at minus 110 um, is kind of a nice price. You know, probably would have been great to see that flip a little bit slightly into the into the plus category. But you're probably dealing with some of the perception of, of you know, maybe the Warriors being a little bit more of a public team given the recent success, probably driving that line, you know, a little bit differently. Yeah, 100%. I got the odds here. It looks like LaMelo Ball is a clear-cut favorite for the of the year right now, yeah. minus 500. Uh, you can get Wiseman at plus 2750, according Ooh, to Might be the time to dabble. Dabble yeah, a little, if he goes little parlay. Warriors make the playoffs. Wiseman, rookie of the year, you know? Yeah, could be could be real sexy there. Uh, I love it. I love where your head's at, man. But two more quick ones here. Teams that are not going to make the playoffs. We'll start with probably the one that's a little bit more controversial here. The Pacers, no, plus 165. Uh, everybody's looking at the players and looking at how they've been playing. They've been playing great. You know, I think the, between the Hawks and the Pacers, one of these teams is going to make the playoffs. One of these teams isn't. I'm banking on it being the Hawks. Um, and for a couple of reasons why, obviously continuing with the, the looking for value here. Uh, we have the Pacers here. I've got them. Well, 538 has them at a, uh, Raptor percentage, 55%. ELL percentage, 50%. Weighted combined there, 53%. Vegas has them, yes, to make the playoffs at minus 188. That implies a 65% chance of making the playoffs. So right there, I'm looking at a 10-plus percent delta, uh, 12.28 if you want to be exact. Uh, So kind of regardless of how I feel about the team, I thought that was just too much space, too much air for me not to bet on. So I took the no at plus 150. And I guess this is one of those teams that they're middle of the round uh, in terms of offensive efficiency. They're middle of the ground in terms of defensive efficiency. So even though if they are playing well, you know, again, put them in that seven to 10 seed range. This is a team that's vulnerable. This is a team that doesn't really excel at everything. They're good at everything, Uh, excel at anything, but are good at everything, you know, but that's a team that can get beaten pretty quickly, especially in a one-off game. You know, you give me an explosive player like Trey Young, uh, who's, you know, wheeling, dealing, swishing, dishing, everything, shooting and computing, uh, to, to quote my main man, Clyde oh, Frazier, on the oh, next podcast. Making appearance. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't have any more that I can rip off the top of my <laughs> head. But uh, but nonetheless, you know, a lot of that noise. I, I'm looking at the Hawks here, similar records. Uh, they're projected with the 538 ratings to have slightly better record uh, by only a game or two. So it's going to be sweaty. I've got my anti-perspirant on. Uh, you know, stuff in my armpits full of aluminum to make the the war boys from Mad Max, uh, you know, getting ready for their trip to Valhalla. So nonetheless, I'm shooting big there. Last pick here, just in the interest of time, I took the uh, laying a lot of juice on this one too. The Wizards know to hit it uh, minus 265. Only a half favorite here. My favorite one on here. Okay, good man. But this one, this one's controversy. Yeah. Like I, I, I battled this one a lot. Right there, the 
the, the biggest delta of my entire spreadsheet here are the Wizards, right? They're 8% chance from the Raptor ratings. They're 13% chance from the ELO. That gives me a weighted at 10%. Um, but the line here is at plus 220, minus 265 to hit no. This is implying the Vegas, yes, they do make the playoffs at 31%. So that's obviously a 21.25% delta there. A lot of value there. And you know, if you look at the anecdotally, you look at the team outside of those numbers, there is a, a definitely, definitely a narrative that you should be taking the yes here, right? They opened up three and 12 on the year because more than half the roster was out because of COVID. And then they've won eight of their last 11 games coming into uh, coming into the all-star break. They're two games out of the eighth spot. Bradley Beal is a monster. Westbrook is playing well. Uh, but the one caveat here is that they do have – the, I believe the most games in the second half because of COVID cancellations, uh, 38 games after the break, and that's eight sets of back-to-back. -back. So while they're at a blistering pace here, I do think fatigue is going to catch up to them. Uh, can Bradley Beal keep putting up 40 points a night? Maybe, maybe not. But nonetheless, I think this is an incomplete team, uh, one who might be poised to move some players at the trade deadline. I don't know. Uh, so at the end of the day, half unit minus 265. Uh, I thought the no with that delta uh, was, was pretty juicy. Yeah, I think two things you did solidly on the nose um, where I tend to agree with you. I think both of those teams, the Pacers and the Wizards, uh, could be you know suitable candidates to move people at the trade deadline or before the trade deadline, right? Uh, Miles Turner has been a name you've heard in packages over the last few years. I'm actually surprised he he didn't get moved in the offseason. Mm -hmm. I think Boston was a potential target, some others. Um, with the, the, the Wizards, I think you're one slide away from Beal being unhappy and calling his shot from a player empowerment standpoint to finally get out of there, right? And you also have to look at it from the Wizards standpoint. Like, do they have just enough around Beal to rebuild on the fly with this guy in his prime to be the face of the franchise? I think he wants to do it. He's had a great attitude with it. Uh, obviously frustrated sometimes when they lose, but he hasn't taken the route of some of these other star players, but it only could be a matter of time, right? One Westbrook injury or one too many times Westbrook going crash into the basket without looking up, you know, like, like a you know, somebody just dribbling with their head down. Um, and it could be Bill trying to get out of there. And then if you've done that, right, and you've locked in these bets, you can bet all those odds are going to move uh, if any of those players move out of those markets. Yeah, for sure. So betting on a bad team is playing well. I mean, we'll see, but those are my five. So quick recap there. We're looking at the Pacers, no, plus 165. That was a half unit for me. Uh, Wizards, no, minus 265. Uh, that was 1.33 units, which ultimately would be to win a half uh blazers yes minus 245 2.45 units so ultimately to win one uh hawks plus 100 half unit just because there's a lot of noise between them and the pacers and then warriors minus 110 1.1 to win one uh and hopefully hopefully we hit them just gotta Our stay positive right? exactly go. man yeah we can will this to the finish line that's by great. unwavering positive energy <laughs> and just good mojo so Bye. that's great. And let's kick it over to you to bring us home here. I know you've got some thoughts yeah, we'll, on, we'll on the Saturday matinee. Yeah, I think uh, you got a full slate tonight. Obviously, we're recording on Thursday. You guys will hear this on Friday, but the NBA is back. They started lightly with two games on the Wednesday night slate uh, and then dove right back in. I think it's either 10 or 11 on the grid tonight. So you're going to get, you know, kind of sporadic games over the course of Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, so both of the teams and games I'm targeting Saturday are fully in the mix and in action on Thursday. So they're each going to have a night off uh you're not dealing with any back-to-back -back disadvantage there uh neither of them are revenge spots in terms of you know back-to-back -back revenge spots meaning they haven't just played each other but they are both similar fashions funny enough i'm targeting the uh new york market i guess right with the knicks and the and the nets starting with the knicks thunder game and and i'm giving you both of these and, and just a quick kind of hitters on it because i think they 
they are good spots where I think there's a huge discrepancy in, you know, just the performance and the talent levels on these teams. Um, the Knicks play in the matinee spot two o'clock on Saturday at the Thunder. For them, this is a revenge spot. They got beat up 101-89, I think, in early January uh, against this scrappy Thunder team um, who just keeps winning, right? The Thunder have a ton of draft picks. They really should be tanking to make sure they don't fall out of some of these uh, mm-hmm. these pick swaps and draft picks that they, they do have from all the trading and unloading they did in the offseason. Uh, the Knicks were a two-and-a-half-point favorite in that game, obviously got wall up by 12 points. Uh, I can't imagine Tom Thibodeau and that squad taking it lightly, right? He's shown how much better he's – prepared he has these guys coming out and playing you obviously didn't have the d rose trade or or move at that point too so i think that's another good bolster they've played well since that that point so you know although the knicks are up and down and i do think they'll probably regress a little bit the knicks are a playoff squad right and i think you have a discrepancy i'm going to be interested to see where the line comes out but i imagine it'll be pretty strong and, and the knicks being worth the target here i love it man you got tom Thibodeau hanging out at the dimsdale dimadome you know that's good vibes right there. They are they are scrappy. Uh, I do think they fall off and don't make the playoffs, but I didn't have the uh, okay. the you know what to make that bet. I wasn't going to bet against my New York Knickerbockers, but it'll go south. It'll go south. The old emotion. Yeah, exactly. No emotion here, but I love no that. Yeah, good revenge spot. And the after the afternoon matinee historically a very tough spot for opposing teams. Yeah, I was hoping it was at the Garden because unfortunately it's I think it's at OKC. I, uh, I was that is a killer. The, the you know right on Seventh Ave there right uh, at the Garden. But. Yeah, especially during precedent times when you got, you know, perhaps the opposing team enjoying the New York nightlife a bit before the night. I mean, I know J.R. Smith was, you know, that guy was ice cold if there was a noon game on a Saturday because he was wild in Friday night. Uh, obviously, yeah, so uh, that's good stuff. But anyway, you, you like the other New York team as yeah, well. Yeah, I like the other New York team too. I think Brooklyn, again, another little revenge spot back on February 9th. So it doesn't seem like that long ago, right? Kind of just outside a month. Brooklyn was a five and a half point favorite. Somehow they got walloped uh, in the midst of playing really well i don't know if this was right before their streak kicked off or or during in one of the you know small blips they had um but they lost 122 11 so these aren't even small discrepancies right you're seeing these teams uh kind of get waxed um you know being favorites and these underdogs winning out you know it, it ties nicely into we talked with g on another podcast uh the other day g from odd shark uh at g dog on twitter and he's been hammering the underdog money lines all along right in both those cases he would have hit um, but I'm actually playing the other side, and I do think Brooklyn, again, will likely come back here uh, pretty strongly. But one thing I'm looking at is Blake's debut, right? A little mm-hmm. wrinkle here. He's not playing tonight, again, Thursday when we're recording. Uh, I don't know if Harden's playing. I think they're both ruled out on Thursday. Mm-hmm. We don't have player news for them on Saturday. Um, but I think you have to imagine from a narrative standpoint, you know, I'm sure the Pistons will be amped up too, right? So you got to play the other side of it. But um, Blake former team first time out to shine like the nets are going to put on for for this guy so i think it's going to be a really interesting spot to watch with both these teams the one thing i didn't talk about the other side and just why i want to see the lines and see the injury reports is both of them are coming off tough matchups on thursday uh you know their their first game back from the all-star break the knicks play the bucks could be interesting right uh you go into the thunders at a letdown similar for the for brooklyn right Kyrie, you're playing boston um, and then you go into to lowly Detroit. So teams all moving in opposite directions, tough tough things to watch. But I think you're going to see some of that separation between the playoff teams and the bottom feeders uh, in the NBA in the second half. 
Yeah, I like that, man. I mean, the crazy trend of underdogs, money line, you know, continuing to profit. I know G's been absolutely slamming that. I know the Shark has been playing some underdogs lately as well. So good to adapt to those trends. Uh, but I love that. I hope they put on for their city uh, producer. Put that GZ track in as soon as Ant said, put on. Uh, and then we'll be we'll be rocking. We'll be rolling, man. I think that's it. I think that's all we got. Ant, you want to bring us home? Yeah, man. Uh, it was great to do another episode of uh, short-term high volatility investments. Uh, we hope you guys follow these picks. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at the Odds Fellow. You can find uh, Jeff at the Old Man Who Bets. We'll have plenty of picks for the weekend. Plenty of action going on. And I got to give one plug to the Patriot League. We got a final coming up. Loyola Greyhounds, go get it done, baby. We don't just play lacrosse. We can hoop too. I love it, man. I love it. Cheers. That's where we're at. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.